listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome on in to episode number 174. We're going to recap POW's powerful and prideful weekend including three title changes at Saturday's Summer Explosion and Sunday's You Better Work show featuring Effie. Plus, we're going to preview several shows around the area and our special guest for this week. He's the Freelance Wrestling World Champion, former Freelance Underground Independent Champion and a rising star at Warrior Wrestling. You've also seen him on WWE and AEW television, returning to Windy City Slam podcast, it's Storm Grayson, and you'll get all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com. Or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion. And you're listening to the Windy City Slam Podcast. All right, welcome back to Windy City Slam Podcast. And this past weekend, nationally, we'll talk about a show that had a lot of Chicago area influence on it. And that was the NWA Crockett Cup down in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and the Brothers of Construction of Ruffo and Yabo reached the quarterfinals of the tournament, winning a couple of matches, including a victory over the Fixers with Chicago native Jay Bradley and Wrecking Ball Ligurski. Mike Knox and Trevor Murdoch won the tournament by defeating Blunt Force Trauma in the final. And if you don't know who Blunt Force Trauma is, it's a couple of masked guys. They kind of remind you a little bit of a throwback to Doom from the WCW days. But the guys under the masks, and I will mention their real names because there is a Chicago tie there as well. Marche Rocket is one of those guys. So awesome to see him do very well in NWA. They got to the finals. Marche Rocket and Rodney Mack are actually under the masks for Blunt Force Trauma. Awesome, awesome show for a lot of our Chicago people down at the Crockett Cup. And also, friend of the show, Chicago native Missa Kate and Maddie Ronkowski retained the NWA Women's Tag Team Championships on Sunday over Angelina Love and Max the Impaler. And another newsworthy note, we have Camille also retaining the NWA Women's World Championship by defeating Natalia Markova. Now, Camille will be coming to the Chicago area for WAW North America's A Night to Remember, sponsored in part by Windy City Slam, on July 28th in Tinley Park, and Camille will defend the NWA World Women's Championship against the legendary Sweet Soraya Knight. 
very much looking forward to that match. And we're going to have a lot more coverage on WAW North America's A Night to Remember show in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. All right, this past weekend, it was POW Entertainment's Powerful and Pride Weekend, starting Saturday night with Summer Explosion at the Brower House in Lombard. And some of the highlights, real quick, we had three title changes, including Scott Spade with Mistress Misery, defeating Hunter Payne to become a four-time POW champion, and the POW Midwest Championship in a last-man-standing match. It was a culmination of a long feud, it's your boy, Mason Parks, defeated Kazile to win the title. And it's been a long road for Mason Parks in that feud, but he finally overcomes the defeat Kazile. So congratulations to Mason Parks. And then for your POW Tag Team Championship, it was decided in an interesting six-man match. The Irish Pub Army and Hornswoggle defeat Bad Ombre Cartel and Mass Marauder. And with that victory... IPA won those tag team championships back from Bad Ombre Cartel. And in the Keys to the Kingdom Royal, we found out that Acid Jazz is the Keymaster. And in another singles match, Terry Allen defeats Hawaiian hitman Koa Laksamana. Moving on to Sunday's POW Entertainment show, You Better Work. It was POW Entertainment's first ever Pride show back at Brower House in Lombard. Such an exciting show. The passion and the love and the inclusivity and just the... It was just a love fest. It was a great wrestling show as well. So much fun covering this show at ringside. I I just got to give props to Jimmy Blaze and Mateo Valentine and even people like Joy Mayberry and Moondog Murray, Jillian, Shelly the Bombshell... And Effie as well. I got to meet the great Effie in person for the first time. Awesome guy. Great dude. And it was an awesome show. And let's run down the results from that show. For the POW Midwest Championship, yes, the four-way match became a title match. After It's Your Boy, Mason Perks won the title the night before. And he retains the title, defeating Quinn Wittick, Axel Rico, and Axel Brio when Perks pins Abrio. And... This match was a lot of fun. Great styles from all the guys. And I really love that uh, Axel Rico was getting ticked off at Axel O'Brien saying, change your name. And that was pretty cool. And then seeing Mason Perks star in a match like this was awesome as well. And now we have It's Your Boy, Mason Perks, with some comments from this past weekend's performances. Mike Pankow from WindyCitySlam.com and the Windy City Slam podcast. A day after Power Entertainment's powerful and pride weekend over at the Brower House in Lombard. And right now I have with me, it's your boy, Mason Perks. And congratulations, Mason, on winning the Pow Midwest Championship on Saturday night at Summer Explosion. Yeah, yes, sir. What a weekend. What a weekend we had. Uh, two amazing shows. Obviously, Saturday, June third was very special to me personally. But um, June fourth, what a special show for a lot of other people, and getting to just do something that was bigger than just wrestling. So, what a great weekend it really was at the Brower House. 
And you beat Kazile in a last man standing match on Saturday night, June the 3rd. And that was a feud that was running over several months and it was pretty intense. So what was it like to finally get over the hump and defeat him for the title? Well, that's a great question. I mean, we just kept going back and forth for, like you said, for months. Um, If I remember correctly, it was actually Rage Reaction, the show after um, Russell Rage, where I faced Mateo Valentine who's another tremendous talent for a number one contenders match. And then that turned into a triple threat because we had a double pinfall situation. And then since that, Kyle and I, uh, we've just been back and forth. And I just, (laughs) no matter what I did, he kept finding ways to cheat his way out of these matches and out of these, all these different situations. And so I took matters into my own hands this Saturday and I just uh, (laughs) went ahead and zip tied him to the post and secured the bag. He's a crazy son of a gun, so you had to pull out all the stops. Yeah, I mean, he was hitting me pretty damn hard with uh, kendo sticks, chairs, even a Guitar Hero guitar, which I never knew could hurt so bad. Uh, He was putting it all out there, which I respect him for that. But uh, in my opinion, the better man won. Your boy came out on top. I was up well before the count of 10. He was not. Your boy's the new Midwest champ. This run, I have very serious goals and ambitions with, and I said in my promo immediately after the match, uh, I have a legacy that I would like to create with this title, and I absolutely meant that. So this title run, I plan on having in the books, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and Powell's your home promotion. You trained there. You came up through there. So yeah, this is very close to your heart. Oh, absolutely. Powell is, I bleed blue. That's where I was trained by Jimmy Blaze. That's the place your boy calls home. The crib, if you will. And let's get back to Sunday, June the 4th. You better work. You instantly put that title on the line in a four-way match with Axel Rico, Axel Bryo, and Quinn Wittick, and it was a hell of a match. So how did you feel that went for you? I thought it was great. I don't know if I was just riding the high of winning the title and, you know, throwing the title on the line like that or what it was, but, you know, I I want to be a fighting champion. I want to keep the challenges coming. If I can't stay on my toes, then I don't deserve to be their Midwest champion. You know what I mean? So, but I wanted to challenge myself right off the bat. And Axel Rico is undefeated in POW. Axel Abreu has been in POW for a while now. He's just hungry every match that we see him. And then Quinn Whittock, I've heard plenty about, but I haven't had the chance to actually get in the squared circle with him. So I thought, what better chance to test myself to see if I'm ready to hold this title. And if I can't hold it for longer than 24 hours, then damn. (laughs) But your boy wasn't going to let that happen. So your boy walked out of Lombard with two W's this weekend. And congratulations once again, Mesa Perks. Thanks for coming out, Windy City. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Mike. You know, I'm happy to be on the show anytime. We'll catch you down the line. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Good to hear from Mason Perks. Now back to the show. It is a non-title match. The POW champion Scott Spade faced Moondog Greg Murray. And remember, Scott Spade said he was a fighting champion. And on this very podcast, he told me that if he had won the title from Hunter Payne on Saturday night, that he would put it on the line against Moondog Murray. But he pulled the wool over our eyes. He takes the mic and he's like, this is not a title match. I changed my mind. And I guess that's his prerogative. But Moondog Murray gets the victory over Scott Spade. And after the match, Jimmy Blaze comes out 
and says, now Moondog will get a title shot. It's out of Spade's hands. Moondog gets his rematch with Scott Spade on July the 15th at T-Wood in Wooddale. The next match had Joey Mayberry with Jillian in his corner, pinning the POW co-tag team champion Meat Hooks O'Bannon of the Irish Pub Army. And then there was a battle royal to crown the queen of POW, and your winner is Matteo Valentine. He last eliminates Tommy McCobb, and also Chuck's Deluxe and Trainwrecker were among the final four. And after the match, Matteo celebrated in the ring, was really emotional, and then familiar music hits. Impact wrestling legend Awesome Kong comes out to present Matteo with a tiara and a scepter. That was just an awesome moment to see Awesome Kong come out. She's really, really cool. I got to talk to her for a couple minutes. I even kind of recalled a moment where we ran into each other at the hotel lobby at StarCast a few years ago before their first ever AEW All Out. She actually said she kind of remembered my face, so that was kind of cool. So actually kind of talking to her and meeting up with her again was really, really cool. And what a moment for Mateo Valentine getting feeded by Awesome Kong. And there's more to come for Mateo later on in this show. And during the drag show at intermission, Bad Ombre Cartel comes out to intervene. They attack Chuck's Deluxe, who was with the drag performers. And a very upset Jimmy Blaze comes out, suspends Ruthless Ramon for five months for his actions. But not Xavier DeFaust, which I thought was interesting, but just Ruthless Ramon. Wow. <laughs> kind of interesting. So the Bad Ombre Cartel is down to just Xavier DeFoss for the next five months. And then in a women's featured match, we had Shelly the Bombshell Benson pinning Haley Shadows in a really fun match. Shelly was the really over babyface here. Haley Shadows played the heel. But after the match, Haley took the mic, got really emotional, gave an impassioned speech afterward, thanking the fans. And she enjoyed being part of this Pride show. And both of these competitors were awesome. And then, in your main event, and this kind of got a little goofy toward the end, Mateo Valentine and Effie went to a no contest. This was a really fun 10-minute match with a lot of posturing, a lot of psychological games, you know, a lot of pride going on in that ring, as, as you can imagine. Mateo hits the Widow's Peak on Effie, and it may have appeared that he might win the match, but... Acid Jazz and Stylin' Shane Eaton come out to ruin the party. And then after that, Jimmy Blaze comes back out. He makes a tag team match with Mateo Valentine teaming up with Effie to face Jazz and Eaton. And then a couple minutes later, Valentine and Effie defeat Jazz and Eaton when Eaton taps out to Effie's figure four leg lock. Mateo Valentine, after the match, had an impassioned speech. And we're going to bring that to you right here, right now, exclusively from Power Entertainment's You Better Work, Mateo Valentine, following his victory along with Effie at the main event. Thank you. Again, each and every one of you who bought a ticket, who pumped the show. 
We wouldn't do this without you guys. To Jimmy Blaze, to Power Entertainment, thank you for giving people like me, Moondog Murray, Joey Mayberry, a chance just to shine. Because us as queer people, we all just want to have that one opportunity, that one moment. And now, it's gonna be a thing, y'all. Ten years, ten years that I wanted to have an all-queer show when I started to be a theater actor. Slowly that turned into a thought, into a dream that I never thought it would happen. happy for Mateo Valentine and it was an awesome show for Power Entertainment with You Better Work and it was great to see ring announcer Germ T. Ripper first time I got to meet him in person and I reunited with my good friend Val Capone as well and just a fun day I treated my buddy Jay for his 49th birthday got him a ringside ticket for this show he loved every minute of it and I think everybody had such a positive reaction to this wonderful show that Jimmy Blaze and Power Entertainment and company put on. All right, coming up this weekend, we have a ton of shows coming to the area, starting Thursday night with PWX's Power Hour in Streeter. And then on Friday, June the 9th, All-Star Lucha Libre presents Lucha Ball Extravaganza. Mateo Valentine will be there at the Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn. And Friday night, June the 9th, Freelance Wrestling presents Freelance vs. The World 9 at Irving Hall in Chicago, featuring the Freelance World Champion Storm Grayson taking on Craig Mitchell. You're going to hear a lot more about this show from Storm Grayson himself, as he's our special guest this week in just a few minutes. And then for the Freelance Tag Team Championships, the Bang Bros take on GPA and Laney Luck. Shane Mercer with James Russo takes on Effie. Trevor Outlaw faces Sandra Moon. And in a just-announced Fatal 4-Way, some interesting talents in this one. We have El Torero versus Aramis versus Arrow Boy versus the Voodoo King, Mojo McQueen. Also, Friday night, June the 9th, and Saturday night, June the 10th, 
Premier Pro Wrestling will have shows up in Woodstock. And Saturday, June the 10th, C3 Ultimate Wrestling presents 10 show-of-all shows at the On The Square Sports Academy in Crown Point, Indiana. This is a matinee show at 1.30, so if you're one of those fans that really likes to get the most out of their weekend with multiple shows, check this one out. It's a matinee at 1.30, and then you can go to one of the night shows as well. And we have the C3 Ultimate Wrestling Championship with the Kang, Miles Mercer, defending against Just Amazing. And then we have Night in Peebles taking on Team C3. And for the C3 Urban Culture Championship, and this is match two in a best of three, the champion, Dreambreaker, Aaron Stone, takes on Marcelo Spade. And for the C3 Tag Team Championships, Legit defends against Mike Strong and Atlas J. Horn. And we have a grand chance match, a triple threat, Joseph Ira Credit versus Mike Valentine versus Mark Reconcile. And recent Windy City Slam podcast guest, Jackson Stampede Larkin takes on the young Xavier Sky. Also Saturday night, June the 10th, Fourth Wall Wrestling, the return of Super Mario, one night only, at St. Thomas More High School in Milwaukee. Back in Illinois, we have Saturday night, June the 10th, Windy City Pro Wrestling presenting the best at the Sycamore Recreation Center. And Saturday night, June the 10th, AAW Pro presents Crush and Destroy at Irving Hall in Chicago with an alive taping beginning at 645. Announced matches include a pure rules match with Robert Ego Anthony taking on Mance Warner. That should be interesting considering that Mance Warner can't do any of his usual brawling tactics in that one and Ego thinks he has a step up on Mancer in this one. We'll see how it turns out. And then we have Alec Price facing Big Beef, Narrows Garvin. Brayden Lee takes on Joe Alonzo. Sierra and Heather Reckless team up to face Shaza McKenzie and Becca. Plus, we're going to see AAW heavyweight champion Jake Something, the AAW heritage champion Davey Vega with Hartenbauer, the AAW tag team champions Russ Jones and Schaff, savageweight Fred Yehi, Thrillbilly Silas Mason, the swag champ Red Jones, Levi Everett, Conan Lycan, and Solomon Tupu. And now, Saturday night, June the 10th, we have ARW Collider, and that'll be back at the American Legion 100 in Lake Station, Indiana. Check out ARW champion James Creed there. And then Sunday, June the 11th, The Heathen presents the Starlight Invitational at the Starlight Skate Park back up in Winthrop Harbor. Bell time is 3 p.m., and in your main event, it's a Falls Count Anywhere match, a tag team affair between Ghetto Gear Solid against Dreambreaker Aaron Stone and Leo LaFlair. And then there's a crazy rules match with no DQ. Demented Chucky Bates faces Mo Foley. Paulie Tomaselli takes on Muggsy James. Hawaiian hitman Koa Laksamana faces marvelous Ethan Matthews. In a women's match, we have Shelly the Bombshell Benson taking on Jade Blackwell. In a match that's hyped as Caveman versus Man Beast, we have Trog the Caveman versus Yeti Henderson. Plus, recent Windy City Slam podcast guest Perfection will appear on the show. And then finally, Sunday evening, June the 11th, Golly Lucha Libre comes to Two Brothers Roundhouse in Aurora. This show features Psycho Clown, Mecha Wolf, Aramis, Arrow Boy, Panic Clown, Missa Kate, and the heroes of our time.
All right, coming up in mere moments, the freelance world champion, Storm Grayson. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam, baby. The best podcast the shy has to offer on professional wrestling. So turn it up, turn up. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. Yeah. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Broad South in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. You can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast this week. So very excited to welcome back one of my favorite guests over the last couple of years. He's the freelance wrestling world champion, former freelance underground independent champion, and a rising star at Warrior Wrestling. You've also seen him on WWE and AEW television. Returning to Windy City Slam podcast, it's Storm Grayson. Storm, how you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be back. Absolutely, and thanks for agreeing to come on once again. It's It'll be good to talk to you. I'm looking forward to it. All right. It's been almost a year since your last full-fledged interview here on Windy City Slam, and a lot has happened since then. You <laughs> had just won the Freelance World Championship for the first time, then lost it a few days later back to Robert Ego Anthony, and you were screwed by McFoley in the process. And then it took you several months to get back up to the top, jumping through hoops, and then a gauntlet match that included former freelance champs Darren Corbin and GPA. And then finally, you defeated Robert Ego and Anthony to win the Freelance World Championship for the second time back in February. So what was that journey like for you? Uh, this is a lot of uncertainty. I think the hardest part was was restarting because obviously there's an element of like a feel-good moment when I won it the first time no one was expecting it and then obviously like the cool experience of the whole McFoley thing just and I don't I don't know did we get a chance to talk about that in depth last time did we talk after that happened I mean we meant we talked a little bit on that brief interview that we had back at one of the shows Mm -hmm. in Joliet about the whole you know weekend yeah there but yeah Yeah. Foley being your one of your favorite wrestlers growing up too right yeah yeah my first uh my first ever action figure and shirt were dude love and mankind so <laughs> it was it was a very cool full circle experience obviously the moment of being in there then losing the belt too i think that was the coolest thing no one saw that coming either no one saw mick foley turning on me yeah the nicest man alive and then he does that but <laughs> Um, I think the hardest part for me with the most uncertainty was after that. Obviously, I wanted to get back to that point, but there was a feeling of like starting over after that because I had that nice run of 
couple main events there, which I'd never been in that spot before. That was really cool, and it felt like I was in the right spot. But then starting after that is back match one, match two. Some of them were random matches, right? I knew what I was working towards, what I wanted to work towards. But without the magic of, like, the feel-good surprise win, it was really uncertain. Like, hey, are they going to care about me? Are they going to be behind me? Did 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 they already get the feel-good moment, and now are they on to the next one? And I think it was really... It, it, I had a lot of doubts about myself. And I think I actually talked to Rob about this on his podcast where I was like, the doubts start creeping in of, am I the guy? You want to think mm-hmm. you are. Everyone wants to think they are. But until you're in that position, until you have to recreate it, that's when you don't know. It is, it's, they always say it's, it's one thing to do it once, but to do it twice is a whole nother, a whole nother challenge. So I think that was the hardest part for me was, was what felt like starting over and trying to make sure I actually... I could keep the freelance audience caring about me long enough to get back there again. Yeah. So a little inside baseball here, and you mentioned Ego's podcast, Potting with Ego, and you were on there uh, a couple months back or so. And Ego has gone on record saying that he had to find someone that he could trust to carry freelance as the champion. And then you had finally proven worthy of that over the last year. So how does that make you feel as a young professional wrestler coming into your own, having a veteran like Robert Ego Anthony say that about you? Yeah, so I, I know I steered clear of the Rob subject last time because, I mean, I think him and I were still very interactive at Freelance, but now he's gone, we can talk about it a little more. But, like, I definitely, obviously, not giving him a bigger ego, no pun intended, look up to Rob. Uh, he, he's been one of the most helpful people and influences in, in my career. I don't, I, I promise you, I wouldn't, at least not now, at least the way it happened, I wouldn't be in the position I am without him. And I'm not even talking, obviously, from him wrestling me. I'm just mean training with him, uh, me bugging him. I'm still constantly bugging him. Every time I wrestle on a freelance show, first thing I do is text him and ask him to watch it, uh, <laughs> even though he's not there now. It was validating. For the first of all, winning, him being willing to do it and trust me with what he had built over the last couple of years, I knew that meant something. But obviously the moment of him handing me that belt and I'm going to keep it between us, but just the things he had to say to me in the ring when he did meant the world to me. Um, there's some very organic pictures of my face during that interaction. And then it was all real. Everything he said meant everything to me. And then when we did do the podcast, him doubling down on some of the stuff he said. And because there were, like I said, there were a lot of times where I didn't know if I was the guy, right? Like it's like, I believed I was, I believed I could be, but I mean, you're supposed to believe you can be. And until you have that actual tangible proof for someone you respect, who's been the guy who's been in that role for a long time, uh, it was very validating, all of it. And it definitely gave me a new level of confidence coming out of it. And obviously I have new challenges. And now it's not just getting to the top, it's being in that role, right? And I'm sure we'll get to it, but going out there as champ versus the guy, as versus the underdog trying to, trying to win it. It, it it's a lot easier when when you're the underdog than it is when you're the dog <laughs> so i it was very it was very validating um hearing those things from him now only 11 people have ever held the freelance world championship and out of those 11 only four of those have held it twice isaiah velasquez kylie ray robert Igo anthony and now storm grayson so what is it like to be in that elite group doesn't it doesn't feel real like it's really cool and i know we all have our home promotions that we look at very highly that maybe people elsewhere don't understand why we do but like i remember 
aspiring for the first freelance wrestling show. Like when the idea of even being on it was so far distant. And I got a brief taste of it when I was under the mask of Ray Fury. And then I was just, and when that ended and when I lost the mask, like it wasn't something that was in my reach. I was trying, I was working towards it, but it just wasn't something that was there. Then we talked about COVID and trying to rebuild myself. So getting that opportunity, even getting, just getting on the shows was the first goal a couple of years ago. And then getting to do that felt surreal. And all of a sudden, like you start to grow and things start to click. And before you know it, and my girlfriend Veronica and I talk about this a lot, actually. It's like that feeling of, of the imposter syndrome. Like, like it's, uh, I've never been in this role before. And it's not, and it's not that like, I doubt my abilities to be in it. It's just it feels so unnatural because I've never been in it. Like the idea of the freelance audience genuinely caring about me or genuinely wanting to see me in that role doesn't feel real. At first, it just felt like they were being nice, you know, <laughs> like, like, oh, he works hard. He's yeah underdog let's go let's see him do it we hate rob like like, but um to hear and see the feedback on the support since it actually happened and now that i am in that role and they have no reason to root for me anymore um it doesn't feel real at times it feels like someone's someone's pranking me a little bit but but it is very cool and starting to make a little more sense to me and it definitely gives me a level of confidence when i go other places because I mean, I know how Chicago looks at freelance wrestling, and it's like, hey, I can be the guy at freelance. I can be the guy anywhere, right? And maybe if you've never been to a freelance or maybe you're not from Chicago, you don't always get that or see it. But I, I've always – in Chicago, freelance is a big deal. So uh, it feels like a big deal to be in the role I'm in, and it's been a huge confidence boost going elsewhere. Speaking of a big deal, coming up this Friday, June the 9th, it's Freelance versus the World 9 at Irving Hall on Chicago's Northwest Side. And in the main event, it will be Storm Grayson defending the Freelance World Championship against a very physical and a very hungry Craig Mitchell. So what are you expecting in that match? A lot of violence. (laughs) (laughs) I'm expecting to hate my life the next morning. Um I'm also really excited because I've known Craig for a very long time. I wrestled, I was in a match with Craig in my fourth match ever back in 2014. And um, I had no idea what I was doing. And I thought he was very good. He's been very good for a long time, even though he's another guy who doesn't know it. Uh, he has no idea how good he is. Everyone else knows. <laughs> so I'm very excited. I've been excited for a long time, but we've never had a singles match. Uh, we've been in multiple matches together, but they've always been scrambles or four ways. Or... We were in a scramble together at Warp Tour <laughs> um, back in, I think, like 2016, 2017. And it was, um, and it's always been a good time, but I've never had a singles match with them. I've wanted it for a very long time. And I think both of us are are having the best matches of our life, of our careers. So I, I think it's going to be really good. And I know neither one of us are necessarily the the traveled names that that you've seen on last few shows like I've wrestled like Nick Wayne and Chris Bain I think it's a chance for both of us to prove that that this match can be that caliber and that we're both at a point in our careers where we're ready to take the next step and we're able to be that guy. 
And Craig is a guy who's never been a top freelance wrestling. He's been freelance underground champion, but never mm-hmm. a top freelance. And nothing, no slant against freelance underground. Great promotion, sister promotion of freelance and all that. Great, great stories, great wrestlers and stuff like that. But freelance is really the cream of the crop. And if you're on top of freelance like you are, that's making it in this business in this city. And Craig Mitchell, I'm sure, is a guy that's kind of hungry for that as well. Absolutely, especially... Uh... I'm trying to think besides him, he he's at least regularly featured on the shows. I think he's the last freelance original that's that's regularly featured. I know Isaiah's competes here, and then obviously Isaiah's is heavily involved with the school and freelance. I mean, there's a couple other people you'll see jazz on some shows, but I think I think Craig is has been on pretty much every show as of late. And I think he's the last guy who was wrestling at the Abbey who's on these shows. And so I think I think this is a very full circle moment for him too. He's trying to chase, and obviously I'm not. I don't want to give that up anytime soon. But I do think he's perfectly capable of taking this role too. Absolutely, you're going to fight like a dog to keep that title. He's going to fight like a dog to take it from you. It's going to be an outstanding match on Friday night. Looking forward to it. Now, in addition to Storm versus Craig, we're also going to see a pretty good card otherwise. We've got the Bang Bros defending the Freelance Tag Team Championships against GPA and Laney. And this is a match I saw coming from all the way last summer. I know GPA and Laney took a short break before coming back to Freelance. And I got a feeling this is going to be a barn burner. And the Bang Bros have been main eventing a lot of shows. They've been like semi-maining a lot of shows against some great teams. And this is going to be a fun match. So what do you think about this one? I'm very excited. I think this actually corrects my last point about any of the Abbey people up, but GPA was definitely wrestling on the freelance shows at the Abbey, the former freelance champ. But I think this is like the tag team equivalent of me and Rob, right? Where it was the Bang Bros are breaking out, they're they're taking off, and they're ready to really just skyrocket. And whereas Jeff and Laney have been doing this a long time, and they're they're looking to prove that they've always been capable of that. And obviously they've had different successes in their own right, but as a tag team too. And it's easy to forget how good people they are the longer they're around. So I think it's a chance to show for them to show that they can still go and that they can be this, that top team or, or singles competitors in their own right. And then the Bang Bros are looking to prove what I think everyone's already starting to notice is that they're next in line to be the hottest team on the Indies and then some. Yeah, they remind me a lot of the old Rascals slash MSK mm-hmm. from like the Indies around here and in NXT from before uh, yeah. uh, Nash Carter got let go and Wes Lee is doing super things as the North American champion. But yeah, the Bang Bros really kind of remind me of MSK in that respect. Mm-hmm. And then you also have Trevor Outlaw versus Sandra Moon, which ought to be interesting. Trevor's had his troubles as of late in freelance wrestling. And then Iron Demon Shane Mercer seems to be getting a nice push, and he's got James Russo at his side. He's taking on Effie, which should be another really good match. So, so far, strong card for freelance versus the World 9. And obviously, check out social media for any other matches that might be announced before the show next Friday night. All right, Storm, I look back on your career so far, and it seems to me that that pivotal moment came when you wrestled Ego at that closed-off freelance show during the pandemic at the Secret Stash. And after that match, it seemed like you had more confidence and in turn got bigger and better opportunities. So is that kind of what you're looking at as a a benchmark to this leap of uh, faith into a big-time role for yourself? Absolutely, Uh, because... 
like like we've we've talked about it before, but going into lockdown and the quarantine, I had nothing going for me. I barely any bookings. I I don't. I did not look the part, in my opinion. Um, I didn't know who I was as a wrestler, and obviously, there's as you grow, there's a lot of discovery of who you are as a performer. But I had no clue, really. Um, I didn't look like I do now. I didn't definitely didn't wrestle like I do now, and um, and I was just kind of at a place where like I needed to make something of this, and I really didn't want to look back and wonder what if. And so I really just started to work on the things I could work on with that time off, which myself my body my mind and then uh and then i started training with rob and rob gave me a whole new perspective on wrestling and new outlook on wrestling and motivation and he started working on the things with me that i needed to work on and that's when the growth really started to happen when i started to train with him and so first and foremost getting to wrestle him and, and to do it on a freelance show it, it was like a moment of val- another the, the first moment of validation where i was like okay the, the last however many months of lockdown have been worth it. Um, and I just wanted to go out there and and prove I could be in, in the main event, which it was very nerve wracking. I, I, he was he was very nice, about it, but I was I was very annoying to him that day, I'm sure, because I was a mess going going into that match. I'd never been in that role. I felt like I felt like I was wrestling my first match ever all over again. And I don't think we did anything crazy. I was just very nervous, just because I needed to prove something to myself. And I think if that match hadn't gone well, it would have been devastating from all the work I'd put in leading up to that match to get that opportunity. And then obviously it went well. I found a corner and full disclosure, balled my eyes out. So I was like, oh, okay. It was all, all this hell I put myself through over the last several months behind closed doors was worth it. All the work I did was worth it. But there was also an element where it felt like the work was just beginning when it came into it. I was like, okay, well now what? I want more of this. <laughs> and that was really hard to do at that point where shows were so sporadic. So it just, it wasn't like you could really build momentum off of stuff like that. So I just took what shows I could. I tried to work on the things I was working on Rob with. And that the match was more of just a feel good moment for me and like a level of validation, like, Hey, you've got a chance to do stuff now. And then I think Zello started running more shows and gave me a chance to practice that stuff. And he was ripping them apart with me and, um, and it gave me a chance to get, get comfortable in front of a much smaller audience because there were restrictions on those shows. And, uh, and then I think eventually come, that's probably like March, March or April. And then eventually come September, I believe was my first freelance show. And that was the first chance to do it in front of like a real freelance crowd. But I think I think more than anything, it was just like the end of that chapter of everything I'd done and that moment of validation for myself that it wasn't for nothing what I'd done and that I had grown. Uh, and while it was also motivating to see to see what I could do next and to continue that. Oh, now turning the page, Warrior Wrestling is coming back on Friday night, June the 30th for Friday Night Lights at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights on the football field. So what has it been like to be part of Frank the Clown's FTC LLC with guys like Casey Navarro and Trevor Outlaw? Now it's really nice. For a while, it was actually really stressful because we had done, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot we could do with it. We couldn't really do any social media stuff or anything because we were so deep into that story with Rob and freelance and it was and we were so close to being done with it like we really were worried about losing momentum on it 
So we really felt like we were walking on eggshells with what we couldn't couldn't do. And once that ended, it got a lot more fun. And since then, too, like that's been the chance to wrestle guys like Max Caster and John Morrison and Sam Adonis. And obviously, the, the people that are on these shows are insane. So just being in that locker room is enough to get better. But I, I think they're really fun shows uh, because they're family shows, too, which is such a contrast from shows like Freelance and a lot of these other shows now that are 21 and up or bar shows. It, it's fun to wrestle in front of kids. Like, like that that's yeah i mean we, we were all kids who were wrestling fans we know what it's like uh, trevor it's cool because i've watched trevor since his first day of training so to see him grow is has been cool tankman's a guy i have a lot of respect for who was already in my opinion a stud but to see him grow more and more over the last couple of years since i first ran into him and to see what he did as freelance underground champ but it's been a lot of fun. And then I think Frank's just really good at what he does. Frank's just, Frank's really good at what he does. Very annoying. But that, as Frank the Clown, oh, <laughs> clarify. Um, it, it makes things a lot easier because it, it is well, with that, well out of my comfort zone uh, being in the heel role. Because that's, I can do it, but it's not what I do. I, I do think I'm a very much a natural baby face. So I, like, I think. And that's also what most of my experience has been my whole career. So having Frank is very much a crutch. And he, <laughs> and he, But he's also worked with me on things where he's given me more and more room where he stepped away to let me, to ease me into it, but also give me chances to get out of my comfort zone and work on those things. And then obviously working with the talent I worked with, it's been hard not to improve in that role either. And it's just been a lot of fun working, honestly, some of the best in the world. Yeah. I think it's great that you brought up the the fact of working as a heel too, because yeah, you don't really do that otherwise, uh, other than like uh, warrior wrestling. So what do you think you've learned so far from working heel? I think I've just learned to get more comfortable. Like I, I, and I know you and I have talked about this off the record a lot, but like I'm a very awkward, quiet, like shy individual. So the baby face is kind of easy to just be me. And obviously you get more comfortable, you turn it up a little bit, but like I still think even as a wrestler, like, I don't think like anything I do in the ring, like me trying to be cool. Like, I don't think anyone's like, oh, that guy's cool. They're just like, oh, he's a nice guy who really loves wrestling. Like, like, like I don't think anyone sees me and like, oh, he was the cool kid in school. I think they see right through it. Whereas like, and then that's, that's, that's I found a comfort zone of that and being authentic to myself as a baby face. But then when I work heel and I have to turn it up and it's outside of my comfort zone, it's been really stressful of like, and I'm glad I'm having the opportunity to do it on with the people I have, but I think I've I've had to tap into like I've had to, I felt like in a lot of ways I had to start over with that finding that confidence in a way that I had found at freelance and as a babyface and and like I said having a at times a crutch like Frank there with me the, to help with some of that heat and then it's a lot easier to feed off of someone like that than it is to find it on your own when you're still learning how to do something, uh, but I do think I've gotten a lot more comfortable in that role. And there's been shows where he wasn't there. For example, the John Morrison match. He wasn't there and we were in front of an all-new crowd because we were in Michigan for that show. Mm-hmm. And obviously everyone loves John Morrison, so that made it a little easier, but it was definitely a challenge and I had to and I had to tap into what I've learned there. And I think that was proof that I have improved in that role. And I think I'm gonna to continue to improve with or without Frank. And I just wanna be able to do that. That's at the end of the day, that's all I wanna do. I just wanna grow and get better at wrestling. Just I love wrestling. I definitely have seen 
your work as a heel improve over the last couple of months in warrior wrestling with some of those matches. And you mentioned Morrison. I think that was a great illustration of what you've been talking about. All right. Um, I see that your respectfully annoying attitude has gotten you more opportunities for extra work for WWE and AEW. In fact, I saw you on both company shows within a week. So what's that all been like for you? <laughs> no, I was just going to say it's been really cool. Um, shout out Jason Ayers for the best advice I've ever had. Like The first time I was kind of on my own for extra work at WWE, that's what he told me. And anyone who knows him, as Madam knows, he's like the most helpful dude in the world and just wants to see people do well at whatever they want to do but he uh gave me that advice and he probably didn't remember the conversation but like you got to be respectfully annoying and that's what i've done and i'm sure the people my points of contact can attest to the annoying part because i (laughs) i i do bug them but um i mean so far it's worked and it's also validating to be brought back to these things i know I know we as wrestlers, because we want more and we want the permanent position and everything, we lose sight of how cool it actually is all the time. And we and, and we get frustrated because, like, oh, I'm here not doing anything. But, like, I try to think, like, when I was a kid, like, that sounds like the coolest day, way to spend a day in the world. <laughs> like, so uh, even just being backstage and networking and, and getting to be around literally the best in the world, doing what I want to do, making money the way I want to make money, living my dream life. It's really hard not to be grateful for that. Now, have you gotten any feedback from the folks at either company that you can share? Um, I've had some conversations, I think. I don't know how I think they are. And I've always, as I said, other conversations, I don't want to get into the details in case, because I don't know what I'm supposed to say when that. But um, okay. I think I just want to be the reliable guy. I think I can talk about for my end. That's all, that's all I want to do. I, I don't, care how far it is the same way i don't care how far an indie show is uh i just want to be the guy who doesn't take those opportunities for granted i want to be the guy who wants to be there i want them to know i'm the guy who wants to be there who's happy to be there who's grateful to be there because i think attitude goes a long way and i think there's a lot of people who and obviously i have those days too we all do where you want more than what you currently have but i i think i've really tried hard to be grateful for these opportunities and remind myself how cool it is to get to do these things and how many people, including myself, would kill for these opportunities. So um, I I think that's just what I want to focus on when I'm there is just be helpful, be where I need to be and be respectful and network and show people that I want to be there. Now give me a Cliff's Notes version of what a regular week would be like for Storm Grayson. I'm not sure if Cliff Notes still applies to this generation or not, but it's <laughs> fine. But yeah, so give me just a, a brief summary of how a normal week goes for Storm Grayson. Obviously, you, you have like a, a shoot job and then you got the mm-hmm. gym and all that stuff. Go ahead and talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, I guess the average day, I mean, my, my diet's easy. I do, I do the same meals every day. Lately, I've gotten lazy with meal prepping. So I just make all the ingredients at once in like large batches. And then I serve it out the day of. So so I do end up making all six of my meals every day throughout the day. But um, I, I, I work from 7.30 to 2.30. I go to the gym. I come home. I eat more, get food ready for the next day and uh, for my work meals. And then I go to sleep about it obviously um i'm i'm very fortunate with um 
with my job. I work at a computer because I work in IT. And so, so a lot of, a lot of my day spent either watching wrestling or, or, or sending or sending out emails to wrestling companies. I, a, lot, a lot of my wrestling work, I get to get done at other work. So um, that, that, I'm very fortunate with that. But yeah, most of my days, all my days are every day is just eating, working out, <laughs> sending emails for wrestling and watching wrestling and studying wrestling. I do the same thing every day. If I have shows, I take some of that on the road. And uh, obviously I'm not at work, but do about the same thing every day monday through thursday for for work and then weekends are wrestling in the gym hopefully soon you won't have to do a shoot job as much and you can just be paid by regular wrestling hopefully that sounds amazing we're keeping our fingers <laughs> crossed as maybe in the next year or two that does materialize for storm grayson thank you it's really nice to hear something like that <laughs> so yeah, no it's not just me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So being the freelance world champion, a regular and warrior, working as an extra for the national company. So what is the next step for Storm Grayson at this point? I think it's just to wrestle more and more, make more debuts. Um, right now, I think something I'm really focusing on is trying to take this with me to places that'll let me defend it as many places. But I do want to do this title justice. It does. I do think it's a big responsibility having it and being the champion of any company. I think if if you're going to take a championship or accept a championship from a company, you should do everything in your power to make it better than when you got it. And I don't take this responsibility lightly. I think and there's a couple of cool defenses I have coming up. I'm, I don't know if I've been announced for them, so I'm not going to say where they, I can't say where they are just yet, but they're, they're, they're both places I've never been before. So um, I think I'm doing that too. And also like not being too good to just go and show up at a show it's really easy. Like, well, I'm champ now. Right? Like, but the only person hurting by not being on the show is, is me. So trying to do the same things I've been doing that got me that just elsewhere. I'm trying to get out there more. And I, I think that's the biggest thing that's next for me. Obviously we want the ultimate goal of living off of wrestling, but I think short term is just getting out there more and showing people what I've been able to show the freelance and warrior audience over the last couple of years. And once again, Friday, June the 9th, it's Freelance versus the World 9 at Irving Hall on Chicago's Northwest side. Storm Grayson defends his Freelance World Championship against Craig Mitchell. So if you don't have tickets yet, you better hurry up because usually these shows sell out. And if you can't make it there, you can check it out on IWTV.live. And Storm, before we let you go, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know your social media, whatever merchandise you might have and upcoming events. Right. I at Twitter and Instagram, it's at Storm Grayson PW. All the links for my merch, my pro wrestling tea store are all are in both of the bios on my Twitter and my Instagram. I definitely do have some new places coming up. Like I said, they haven't been announced yet, so I probably shouldn't mention them. But I can't say US and Canada. So <laughs> they're good. Besides that, I think the Freelance Warrior, Freelance, obviously, Freelance versus the World Warrior just announced their next stadium show, which will be really cool because I didn't get to do them last year. They unfortunately got canceled last year and I'd never I'd never done one. So I'm really looking forward to that being outdoor under the lights. And uh, I think it's going to be a really fun year. And I'm just trying to keep this momentum going everywhere else and start this momentum in places I haven't seen me yet. Thank you so much, Freelance World Champion Storm Grayson. Thanks for joining us once again, and best of luck in your future. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
All right, great to hear from Storm Grayson once again. Looking forward to his Freelance World Championship match against Craig Mitchell this Friday night at Freelance versus the World 9 at Irving Hall in Chicago. And then Storm Grayson will also be back for Warrior Wrestling on Friday night, June the 30th for Friday Night Lights back at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights. All right, next week, we're going to recap some of the local action from around the region. Plus, we have a first-time guest. He's got an interesting story to tell. Southland Championship Wrestling High Voltage Champion, Warren C. Freiburg III, Esquire, joins us on the show, and we'll have much more right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.